0: All right, you know, hey, we're talking about things that you can really use more effectively to avoid pitfalls and make more profits. And we're going to talk about CRMs today. I've got one of the leaders in the CRM space to talk about exactly those things. Stick around. This is the Franchise Pitfalls and Profit Show. Each week, we bring you the challenges and triumphs of being in the franchise development and consulting business. The things you need to make money faster. And now your host, one of the most successful franchise developers in North America, Don Shin. Hey, awesome. We've got a great show today. I want to introduce uh, Dave Hanson. Dave is the CEO of Client Tether. Uh, he has led uh, sales teams for over 20 years. Uh, again, currently the CEO of Client Tether. Client Tether uh, is a CRM system really really strong in the franchise space dave spence's life and his days you know coaching (laughs) franchise systems fso's franchise consultants all on how to effectively use crm again to profit them and we're going to be talking about avoiding those those uh, pitfalls um he's consulted in other industries And he's a franchise owner, too, just like you. There's that commercial on on the radio. So anyway, (laughs) uh, so, uh, Dave, thanks so much for uh, investing time with us today. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's my pleasure, Don. Thanks for having me on. You bet. You bet.
0: Hey, I always like to ask folks that are business owners themselves and spend a lot of time with business owners. And, uh, you know, I have always felt that franchisees are business owners. Uh, definitely franchisors, you know, the founders and the owners of franchisors are business owners. So I always and especially, you know, you are a franchisee now. So and you spend so much time in this space. So I always like to just start off with what do you think it takes uh, to be successful as a business owner, entrepreneur, a franchisee?
1: You know, it's uh, that's a great question i there, there's not like a single magic bullet right like everybody wants a magic bullet but but I, I but i was talking to a friend last night who had who's been in the military for like 25 years and he shared something with me because he's going through something tough and i thought that's it that's kind of the answer to so many things in life especially entrepreneurship and success in business he he said he said you know in the army he's he's an army vet uh and he's been on five deployments uh, and he's mm-hmm. like Look like we have this thing in the army where like we, we don't fail like you, you just don't fail and so you 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 pick yourself up you dust yourself off you make a plan and then you execute and you pick yourself yeah. up and he just talked he talked to us I'm like it's grit grit's the one word answer i think uh and and the fortitude the emotional fortitude to realize you're gonna fail you're gonna fail a lot and yeah. uh one not my, it's not a friend of mine but the original shark from shark tank uh kevin harrington he said he said that he's not successful because he's smarter than anybody else and I'm paraphrasing here, but he's successful because he iterates faster. So I think it's that like accepting failure as part of the process to learn and develop and not letting it bog you down. That's really what it takes.
0: Yeah, and I, I used to say that, you know, when I was in the corporate world, I'm a I'm a, a, a corporate refugee, you know, and, <laughs> and, and I used to say that in the corporate world, you know, if, if I didn't like what was going on or I got my nose bent out of joint or something, I'd go over in the corner and I could cry or suck my thumb and nobody really cared, you know. And, and I was in a big enough corporate corporation, though, even though I was running, you know, real literally hundreds of millions of dollars worth of business, I, I could really do that if I wanted to, you know. Uh, but in what when, when I realized when I first stepped out, bought my first franchise, I, I realized I couldn't do that anymore. and. Sure. Like you said, you got you've got to have grit. You got to get back up, and you gotta you gotta figure it out. You gotta figure out what you got to do next if something's not gone exactly right. So, um, so I appreciate that, I, and I do love Karen uh, Kevin. I've I've met Kevin a couple of times, so um, so very very cool. So let's transition that then into again um, what you do. Give, give me give us just a quick. I mean, I think everybody understands what a CRM is, but I, I really like to hear from people who design them and and sell them and coach people on it. So, what do you how do you define a CRM? What do you see as, uh,
1: that a CRM is? Yeah, in fact, I'm glad you're giving me the mic on that for a sec because there's a lot of confusion about what CRMs are and what they should be, right? Um That's it's kind of right. like AI. Like for a long time everything was a CRM. Right yeah. and right now, like everything's got AI. You go to the store and buy an apple, and it's got an AI sticker on it. Right? It's like, <laughs> like seriously though. And there are all these pundits that are fakers out there that pretend like they yeah. know AI, and they're just yeah. jokers that are trying to get attention and drive drive sales in some other platform, right? So, um, but CRM, it's a customer relationship management system. But what it what it's evolved into today, it's an engagement platform. Like if you're if you're spending mm-hmm. money on a CRM that's just holding customer information uh you are about 10 years behind where you should be on your tech strategy uh and and there are a lot of platforms that are truly operational systems right that are not crms uh but they but they say they're a crm because you can like put someone's name and phone number in them they're like it's a crm Uh, a a crm is a tool that should be creating scale for your organization And, and like take if you take nothing else out of this discussion today take that that if your crm is actually costing you effort because your people are manually logging calls and manually putting notes, manually sending, e- like manually doing stuff. <clears throat> and if all you've got for your, no, it does automation. Dave is email drips. Like wake up. 2005 is long gone. Like there's, <laughs> there, it, it is just time to wake up. I have people tell me this all the time. I'm like, no, but I got automation. I'm like, oh, tell me about it. I'm like, <laughs> I, do, you know, I do email drips. I'm like, yeah, two percent deliverability in open rates probably <laughs> like grow up like that's that's just <laughs> the, the world the world moved on beyond you like a decade ago so like yeah. things like texting and and calling automation and, and physical interactions through like handwritten notes like like that's the way the world moved a while ago we happen to be at the forefront of that type of stuff but like like those are things you've got to be considering with the crm now not just can i because you could put a, a spreadsheet in the cloud and call it a crm but yeah yeah it's it's that's way old
0: yeah no that that's awesome. I love it en- engagement platform and and a tool that's gonna help you scale. so so what what kinds of questions you know when people are looking for this tool, what kind of questions should they be looking or should they be asking? and what kind of pitfalls should they be you know trying to avoid?
1: yeah well i'm gonna I'm gonna address this from maybe two perspectives. Let's talk about emerging and growing brands like the smaller guys. Because they're the ones that nobody ever cares about or pays attention to. Right. You think you think like I'm, I'm I'm not trying to dog on anybody, but if you think any of the big box CRMs or even in this industry, the big box CRM in this industry gives a darn about you and your needs as a small business, you're you're missing the boat like they don't because yeah. uh, they're working on Merck and Eli Lilly. Right. That's who yeah. Salesforce yeah, yeah, yeah. cares about. They don't care about you. Uh, and so I, the first thing I would look into is how much do they know about my industry, actually know about my mm-hmm. industry? Uh because there are there are like a thousand, fifteen hundred, maybe five thousand CRMs. I don't even know. Uh, you swing a cat and you run into someone who's founded a CRM somewhere. <laughs> and and like and most of them are just like really basic things. You know, they're spreadsheets in the cloud that have email drips, and then uh or or they're highly specialized. Like I bumped into someone who's trying to use like some hotel guest management tool as a CRM. And I was like, whoa, that is a really bad idea. First of all, you're (laughs) spending too much money. This is why you'll spend too much money to try to customize something that isn't ever really going to work well for you. Uh, But because your your VP of sales came from that industry is going to try to drag it into this one. So pay attention to also fit for the ability for the system to support franchising, uh, especially if you're using it with unit ops. Uh, I see this all the time, Don. Uh, where somebody they bought, they brought HubSpot, they brought Salesforce, they brought Zoho, they brought Pipedrive, they brought some big box CRM that worked really well in their software sales industry they came from or pharmaceutical. And then they try to drop it into franchising and then you know, ask, I won't drop the name there, I almost said it. But I, <laughs> I know a couple of brands that have spent over a million dollars trying to make Salesforce work for them. I know a couple of brands that have really invested about a million dollars to make HubSpot work more or less for them in the yes. industry. And if you do, if you've got that kind of scratch to just throw away, then, I mean, by all means, go buy Bitcoin uh, and, and, and gamble on it, like have an upside, please. But like, uh, but there are industry, there are franchise, there are CRMs that were built for this industry from the ground up where you can save the literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're going to get billed over two years to try to make it cobble together and work for territories as if they were really unit operating units. So that's how they make it work. No, like out of the box stuff that works with bet. So that. So that's what I, those are the questions I look for in franchising is, and also support. Uh, if their support team is offshore, runaway screaming. If they're, if they're direct, if their direct team is good, if they don't have a process to make sure you have real human help to get this yeah. thing set up and running, it's not a third party. This is the trick. The third party system that most of these people use is a. it's, it's actually a racket. So yeah. you, oh yeah, here's our partner. They're gonna help you get deployed 20 grand later, You run out of hours and then their whole job is to create dependency. So you have to eventually have a part-time admin on staff and they keep you on retainer. That's their goal. And they charge you by the hour. So if someone's trying to bill you by the hour to get CRM stuff set up, that's also a red flag. I'd be very cautious of
0: yeah, absolutely. When I, I remember as a, I I've worn all the different hats and and, and when I was a CEO for a franchise or yeah, I was just really taken back. Well, wait a minute. You you gave me this monthly fee, you know, and this and this, but but now it's twenty thousand or thirty thousand dollars to actually then use, you know, your 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 CRM. So it was just I, I just thought it was really crazy. So um so I'm glad you're you're talking about that. You're hitting on some things I I uh, I I also wanted to ask about um I- implementation talk talk a little bit cuz i mean that's huge everybody goes yeah yeah i really want to you know i want a crm but but as you said a lot of my audience are are sole sole practitioner franchise uh, consultants
1: you mm-hmm. already
0: hit on emerging brands so can you can you give us uh, you know some tips on on smooth implementation
1: yeah and i'm glad you brought up our consultant friends <clears throat> i mean there i've got hundreds of consultant clients and i love them And yet, like, what an underserved market in the franchising segment, right? Like, everyone's like, eh, consultants. I'm like, what? Like, you got to serve these guys and make it easy for them. So, yeah, I'm glad you asked about implementation. Uh, It's the the area where most people fail with CRM. Yeah, there are lots of good CRMs out there. But the problem is that the implementation process is generally designed for enterprise level stuff. So unless you're going to spend six figures, like, your level of service is going to be nil. Uh, what you need to be planning for, like, there are a couple of aspects to a good implementation. One is you organizing your stuff, right? You need to know what your process should be. I probably, I probably spend 50% of my kickoff meetings with clients actually consulting them to fix their sales processes. Wow. Um, And and, then, you know, that doesn't surprise me because most people don't have one at all.
0: You know, I do a lot of training of consultants, uh, somewhat of Zors and I'm shocked people,
1: you're right. They really don't have one. So interesting. It's it's honestly, like, I mean, I'd usually charge someone two or three hundred dollars an hour to help them figure that stuff out, but I just do it here because I'm like, no, nah, you need the help. And 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 frankly, most people aren't salespeople and they haven't had the background you and I have, where we've helped coach people and mentor and develop teams, and so they haven't read as many books as we have and been to as many trainings, right? So like it's okay. It's it's I just love sharing that knowledge with people, but but uh, get your get your your data organized, get your data clean. Like most people want to just like drop data in and I, I look at it with them I'm like, whoa, th- these are seven-year-old contacts with bad emails. And this one says, That's do strange. not contact. Like, why are we putting this in your like your database? Like, so it's 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 cleaning up the data, getting ready for it. And then also having the availability to learn it. It doesn't matter which platform you're using, you're gonna have to learn. Ideally, you shouldn't have to be in more than like three or four hours of training to to know how to use the system and, and operate don't if you, if you don't get snookered into a three or four day training packet uh <laughs> it, it, that that's a red flag too right if, if the system is that convoluted uh yeah. for your business that it's going to require two or three days of training yeah uh, i mean like you know 24 hours of training like runaway screaming that's not the <laughs> system you want that, that means it's designed for highly complex enterprise and yeah. probably not for you so yeah so, excellent excellent
0: yeah, that's and and yeah, that's really really good. So along those similar lines, and, and again, the boy, the cleaning up of the data, I, you know, just uh, that's probably not an obvious one. And so that's that's brilliant. I mean, I think uh, right there, what a, what a takeaway. Don't you know, garbage in, garbage out. You put a bunch of garbage in your CRM, and it's 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 going to be a little clunky until you clean it up. And it's better to clean it up before you you start uh, using you start right. using. Right. Wow. Wow, um, there's a lot of you know a lot of different people. I mean, there's people that that are real comfortable using CRMs. Uh, um, there are people that are probably not that comfortable using them. Give us some some good habits to build. Give us some tips on on how to really uh, effectively use them. Again, my my show is pitfalls and profits. You know, we don't right. want to forget the profits. Give us yeah. some good habits. Give us some some uh, uh, ways to really really leverage our our CRM use effectively.
1: Yeah, I'll talk about a couple. Um, so there there are three areas of the the sales process that you people usually struggle. I sometimes say the word suck there, but I, I'll, I'll say struggle. Uh, and it's it's initially follow-up it's uh, it's uh like once you've gotten to the point where you're doing like a proposal or a quote or a bid or something and you got to follow up on the, the 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 job that's ready to be closed mm-hmm. let's just call it that to be more generic because fran dev is quite different right you're not yeah. giving bids right um and then and then also post delivery of service uh th- mm-hmm. those three areas are usually where most entrepreneurs get too busy to do a good job so uh, so the habits uh, that you, you need in a CRM are one top priority. Focus on making sure you you, can, you engage leads as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is where automation should be making your life scalable. Right. So uh, immediately. So immediate emails with video messages, text use, use texting all uh, mm-hmm. of the A2P guidelines, or you'll get shut off now uh, that's they're enforcing that pretty strictly. Uh, but then but then also nurture. Uh, those, those three things your leads need to be in, in call like that email text call sequence uh if, you know i've laid a lot of tracks of in, in other podcasts about that but that's critical uh within the first four to five minutes you should be doing all three of those things in that order with a, a one minute gap between the email and the text and a two minute gap between the text and the and the phone call uh it's really hard to make that happen without automation uh Excellent. But uh, so that's the first one uh the second advice is have a daily routine that you're following up on all your tasks you've got otherwise you get stuck in what i call taskmageddon Um, uh, don't don't over don't over schedule follow-ups like don't get so, so aggressive you're like every two days i'm going to call these people be real because a lot of you listening are probably solopreneurs or small teams or you're running franchise systems that are solopreneurs essentially in small teams so you need to create scalable processes that are be kind to yourself but let the system do a lot of those things. Use passive engagement, texts and emails, if mm. you're capable of doing those things. Uh, I know ours sure is, but it saves me gobs of time. I have people text me back, Don, no joke. I haven't talked to them in 18 months. I'm like, Dave, so glad to hear from you again. You know what? I got a question for you. And I'm like, and I, no joke. In my mind, I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Um, <laughs> and yet they think that I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of all the time. Now, if I was capable of it, I would be. I do care about people and I want it to right. work. I don't, I don't say that would be cold, but just like, this is what the system's doing to create scale for me. So, you should have those nurturing sequences, even with people that have said no or have been unresponsive. Oh, yeah. Be, you got to be touching them and giving them value. So, that's the other thing that'll create a lot of scale. And then, okay. the last one is you got to have the same sort of like follow up nurturing around any sort of bid or proposal or, or, or that sales motion where they're getting ready to make decisions to close. Feed them information to make that easy so you don't lose touch. If you're a broker and you've handed someone off to a franchise or as an intro, nurture the crap out of them. Stay in touch because a lot of deals disappear because the the candidate's like, uh, it didn't feel like a good fit or their marketing VP was grody or like something that you, you can't control that stuff. Yeah. And then but then they get embarrassed and they disappear and ghost you yeah, uh, yeah. if you're nurturing them and saying hey by the way if you have any questions or something doesn't go great or you you have you know just call me let's talk through it there are lots of other options out there like you should be grooming them for the fact that they might back off and and be and, but a lot of consultants don't do that so they just lose people and they're like people are ghosting me and, yeah yeah uh, a- absolutely that's one of the things in 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 my coaching and training we do a lot of
0: that uh we i i try to teach them the position what you know, position uh, certain things so that people don't just just fall away. You know, make sure you call me, make sure you respond to me. Uh, you know, I'm 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 there with you, but you're right there. If that's not done well and if the nurturing in the CRM's not done well, they're they're just going to drift away. They're just mm-hmm. going to drift away. Um, uh, you also said something, and you and I have talked at conference about this. I had a call center. We had developed what we called an eight-touch system, and we did exactly that because we had felt speed to lead was so critical. Uh, we wanted to touch them eight times in in uh, seventy two hours, basically. Uh, but I love what you said. Another, again, another tidbit for folks to remember is you you a couple of minutes between touches you know we would touch them three times in a day but we weren't necessarily always thinking well I'm I'm going to hit them you know within 2 3 minutes of each other so uh, again I think that's again that's one of those little nuggets that I want to be sure the listeners um uh take away um I want to talk about one one uh, I have two more questions want to talk about one last thing uh and that is um you know specific to the CRMs Talk about the, the pulling of the units into the CRM from a franchise uh, or standpoint, because I don't mm-hmm. think that that's done a lot or maybe it's not done enough. And so I, I think that's brilliant. Can you can you talk to our franchisors about about how to do that? Why is that important and, and how to do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I think... I'm working with a couple of brands right now and they, and like they've got an operating tool and no CRM uh, or I work with some like restoration industry franchises. I don't get it, man, but they, they don't, they don't provide CRM tools to their franchisees. So they're like wild west. It's like, Hey, go figure it out. Uh, here's the tool to like book your deals. And it's, it's crazy. So there, there are a couple of big meta reasons. You need data, you need data. Right, As a franchisor, you might not think about it when you got one or two units because right. you're talking to them every day. You're texting each other back and forth. But when you got 20 units, you're done. Like yeah. you can't coach them. There's no way you can scale. You're going to only scale with humans and you don't have the money coming in from royalties to scale with humans. So you're just going to build yourself into the into the red <clears throat> uh, with the process and lack of tech. Having a CRM system that's scalable that you can deploy to your franchisees also creates consistent brand experiences nationwide. Yeah. Right. It means if I if I move to Tallahassee and I call someone to come clean my house, I should have the exact same experience in Tallahassee as I had in in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. And uh, and so so that's that's really mission critical. So what you do is you, you take out peaks and valleys, you level off performance and it becomes a predictable system. Well, that's what you're selling as a franchisor. you're yeah. just not fulfilling on the promise. If you don't deliver the tech and the tools in addition to the training and the manuals that they never read uh, to get the right. job done. And so, yeah, so so that that's I'd say those are the big reasons. But franchisors, their coaching staff, they have no idea what's going wrong. They have to yeah. call each franchisee, have a slight interrogation to try to have the franchisee <laughs> tell them what might be going wrong. Right? Uh-huh. This is like your field ops manual right now, right? For yeah. most people, and then and then after that thirty minute conversation, then they spend the next fifteen minutes trying to hustle through some sort of a solution so they can wrap up that call and go to the next co- coaching call. Uh, rather than that, if you have the right CRM system. Like in our platform, you just click a few buttons, and you'll you'll see like a comparative analysis across five franchise locations, how they're doing moving leads through the entire sales funnel. Like, yeah, excellent. Oh, excellent. Boom. you can find out who the top performers are, who the low performers are, get the top performers to train the low performers. Like, you can create the real scale in the system, peer to peer networking and training. Uh, it's it's it. The data really tells a story. You got to have it. That's awesome. And I and something you mentioned is is critical to, and and.
0: and- you know, emerging brands. You know, listen to this, and that is just the 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 consistency of the message and the consistency across the the franchise. Uh, I was talking different supplier uh, to the franchise industry, and he's he's in the space where he has to go fix a lot of problems when the when the when the franchisor is at fifty units because they didn't do something when they were at five units. And yeah. and it, it's same what you're saying, if it's not you know as early as you can uh, ha- have that consistency of feel and messaging and and so on otherwise your your first 10 or 12 franchisees are going to rebel <laughs> you, you know uh when you're getting to 20 30 40 units and you're trying to fix it then so um yeah. awesome dave awesome um one one thing i always ask before we before we wrap up uh, I, I end with anybody and that is that um, you know, you were you were preparing and thinking about uh, about the show today and and the audience and and you're in front of this audience in, in a lot of different formats. Um, if there was some one thing today that you'd like to uh, share or is there something we didn't talk about, something I didn't think about, I didn't ask about um, any any kind of final thought that you want to be sure people take away from from today's podcast? <clears throat>
1: I would, I would say uh, two, two things. I'll try to be quick on this. You, you have, you, ki- we're going into headwinds, right? Like the, the market is going to get tougher. I'm having conversations with brands that are crushing it right now and Franda, mm-hmm. and yeah. yet they're, they're talking to me because like, even though we're crushing it, we're, we know we're not gonna, we're getting, we're getting a little fat and happy and lazy in this industry about, about best practices and taking care of people. The, you have to not operate with a scarcity mindset, but operate, think, think about, a 12 to 18 months ahead right now and start Mm -hmm. putting systems and processes in place. Invest right now while there's still pretty good cash flow, so that you're setting you and your franchisees up yourself as a franchise consultant, like make sure that you're optimizing those conversion rates today. You need to be rehashing your old leads, have a strategy and a system that can re-engage old dead leads. I call those Lazarus leads because they come back to life. In fact, (laughs) and I'll share all in that thought with an, an anecdote. Uh, one brand that I worked with, uh, they, they were trying migrating to our platform had a bunch of old dead leads and they're, they're like, yeah, we don't want to migrate them over. they dead. And I was like, Whoa, no, you've already sunk the cost into those leads. And there's, there's gold in them, in their Hills. Like, let's, let's set up a pilot. Just trust yeah. me on this I set up a pilot. So they only let me do 40. They're like, well, let's just do 40. I don't think this is going to work. And I said, okay, then I want them to be at least six months dead or older. Okay. okay. Up to year old. I'm like, let, let's make this, uh, you know, priest of bell, dump some water on that. Right. Like, uh, but let, let's, let's make this thing work. And, uh, and so we turned it on and sure enough, their conversion rates on those dead leads were higher than the industry averages for conversion rates for new leads Wow. Yeah, wow. By, by a long shot, by like three X. And they were wow. like, this is insane. Like they're like 40% of them responded. And uh, of these dead leads, that's better than your response rates. I'll bet if you're listening. So like it was, it was crazy. They had people that were getting disqualified for financing, like that you should see the pie chart on this. It's nuts, but, but so guys, but that's a huge asset. A lot of people sit on and they waste. So it's not, it's not that time of, it's not that time of a season where we can waste resources now leverage that kind of stuff too. That's great insight. And I I was at the uh, IFA convention last year and I,
0: and I remember one of the, one of the brands uh, actually said that like 25% of their sales the prior year were from leads that they had uh they had first touched you know or first received 2 years ago and that was shocking about how how much there's gold there's gold in what we think is dead what we think mm-hmm. is dead well david you've been awesome man i appreciate you uh thanks so much for pouring into my audience i appreciate it
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Don. You bet.